Yeah, get comfortable in your blanket. It's freezing in here. Okay. It's like 60 degrees in the house. It's freezing. Are you ready now? Yes. Welcome back to another Did I Miss Anything? Hi. My name is Lewis, Mm -hmm. and this is Heather. Hi. Uh, Apologies for not finishing out our month of Halloween-themed movies. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Halloween movies. We, uh, our last... Like, I like Halloween movies, but, like, it's not scary ones. Like, I've seen all the good ones. Yeah, our uh, our last one was the original Halloween. It was fine. Um, and we didn't realize it when we uploaded it. It was already, like, three days before Halloween. So we thought that, you know what, that's a good way to cap off this month. So that's what we did. Yeah, and then we took a little break. And then we took a little bit of a breather. Um, we had some stuff going on. Heather and I are looking at houses now. Yeah, that's, yep. Um, we had a baby shower. Not for our baby. Not, we no, don't have we a didn't, baby. No, for like friends of ours. Yeah. Not a baby shower, which I still don't understand the concept of, but you know, I'm getting there. It's just a party to, um, to have gifts. Anyway, we finally finished the TV show. We actually finished it a while ago, a, a while ago, like a month ago, but then we started doing like the Halloween movies and we were like, no, nah, let's do this first. So we finally finished this TV show, which apparently I read an article a couple of weeks ago that has been rated. It was a BBC article. It's apparently been rated like... Which I think is a bit of an overstatement. They said it was like the best show of the 21st century, which is a bold claim to make considering we're only 21 years into this century. And I feel like there are way better shows. Mandalorian, for example. Sons of Anarchy? I think Sons of Anarchy is Oh, that was this century. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Sons of Anarchy. Um, Ted Lasso, which is on everybody's mind currently. I mean, so that's a bold statement to make. But anyway, the show we ended up watching was The Wire. Yes. Which was like, I don't know, probably the biggest cop crime drama show um, when it came out. Yeah, uh, it came out, what, 2003 to like 2007 or 8? Yeah, it was something like that. Like 2002. It, was like, it was like the early 2000s, I think, yeah. it premiered on, yeah, yeah 2002. It premiered yeah. on June 2nd, 2002. It ended March 9th, 2008. And it's not TV, it's HBO. It was. It's an so, HBO show, so yeah. very much the way of like The Sopranos and things like that. Yeah. And ran for what five seasons? We saw five. Five seasons. seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna level with you. This is the first full show that we've done. We've done a TV show before, but it was Ted Lasso. But it was only like it was only after the first season was released and everybody was talking about it last year. This is the first time we've done like a complete series. So format for this, I think Heather and I are just gonna discuss like the overall concept of each season and not each episode individually because well, yeah, this, would this would turn into several and, years of podcasting episodes yeah no one wants to hear that nobody wants to hear that yeah, no i mean i don't even want to hear it so if we're gonna do that i'm gonna leave so we're not gonna do that all right good I'll, then that. i'll stay so the wire like i mentioned this big crime drama cop tv show very much like an nypd blue um but in baltimore maryland yeah and a lot more swearing just like well yeah well it was so on HBO. much more swearing you can't swear on network television that's true well, Which you they can get away with, well, you can get away with some of it. Depends. Um, no F-bombs. Yeah. You can say ass. You can't say asshole, I they don't They bleep think. out the whole they part. Bleep, which is weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. The Wire takes place in Baltimore. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the first season, as any show in the first season, we're introduced to, like, you know, the plot and the characters and things like that. Sure. So the first season essentially revolves around... Uh, well, I guess every season revolves around the ba- Baltimore Police Department, but uh, in this particular, each season they're dealing with like different, I guess, uh, overall crimes and like corruptions happening in the city. So the first season, yeah. it's but they all this, tend to come back to 
together. Like, yeah, it, I guess they all kind of tie into yeah. each other eventually. So this first season, uh, the Baltimore Police Department, their big, I guess, uh, crime case case revolves around this drug organization, this drug dealing organization run by the Barksdale family. And it opens up, we meet our main character, uh, Jimmy McNulty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he's at this, he's at this uh, trial hearing for, I guess, the leader of this Barksdale drug dealing empire, D'Angelo Barksdale. No, uh, D'Angelo Barksdale is the nephew. The nephew of the, yeah. Of Yeah, that's right. Uh, was it? Avon. Avon. Yeah. And so he's on trial for a murder that he apparently allegedly committed. Uh, Spoilers, we know he committed it, but they don't know that in the show yet because a key witness in the case is killed. Yeah. Wonder by who? Wonder by who? I think it might have just been an accident. Yeah, that totally. Yeah, no, sure. That's how those always go down. So this key murder witness gets killed. Uh, D'Angelo essentially walks from this murder. And then uh, Jimmy McNulty kind of meets with the judge in the case privately. Uh, Him and the judge, we're led to believe, have like some sort of history. And McNulty tells him like, hey, you realize that he just had like his people kill this witness, right? So he could walk. And the judge is like, yo, that may be, but what do you want me to do? Like, I got no evidence. I can't really convict him. So that's how it goes. So McNulty gets super pissed. Uh, Very, I guess that's pretty much his character's whole shtick yeah he's an angry irish drunk oh yeah um so very stereo it's a very stereotypical cop like yeah yeah um and so uh during the case or detective uh, i guess right? yeah uh during the case mcnulty recognizes uh avon's i guess second in command who is stringer bell played by idris elba who i think or i think this is like his first major role probably well, i can't maybe remember american role yeah because i can't remember can't remember him doing anything before this in America. No, I have no idea. Um, I don't don't remember the first thing I remember him in. Me neither, actually. What's the first thing that he did that that I, yeah. I just knew that he was an actor. Yeah. Um, I always have to remind myself he's British, too. He does a really good American accent. You kind of fade to know a little bit. I feel like he slips. He does with some words, I guess. I think he slips a little, but Um, what are you going to do? So Stringer Bell is in the court, uh, in the courthouse, hearing hearing the case, just like McNulty. And... Uh, McNulty, I think recognizes him if I'm not mistaken. And Stringer Bell walks out after D'Angelo is essentially, uh, found not guilty. And he kind of gives him like, I think, I don't, I don't remember if he says something to him or he gives him like a wink, like, ah, better luck next time, copper. I don't know. I don't remember. It was and a while ago. It was a while ago. So D'Angelo walks free. He becomes one of Avon's, I guess, lieutenants. In the drug dealing community, so he basically oversees uh, the the Barksdale Empire. I guess they kind of they have territories. I guess as drug dealers do, where they're allowed to sell, and then if you go into somebody else's territory, that's how like all these drug wars start. Yeah. Well, so the like so the Barksdale Empire, they're like the biggest drug dealers in Baltimore on the west side, and they basically run the west side, and then this other this other guy runs the east side, and never shall the twain meet. So. D'Angelo starts um, running part of the operations that they run out of like the the projects in Baltimore, and he oversees like all the drug dealing. And then what happens is they have a whole bunch of like unsolved homicides in in Baltimore, 
and McNulty figures it's got to be related to this Barksdale uh, drug dealing. We got to figure out a way to bring these guys down. So McNulty's talking to this judge. He's te- he's telling him all this stuff, and the judge is like, "All right, you got to bring me something that I can that I can use to like help you out to to take to take this down." So McNulty's like, "All right, fine. I'll see what I can do." McNulty comes back with some report about he's got like he's got some like decent evidence claiming that the Barksdale uh, drug family is behind a bunch of these homicides going on in the city. So he kind of he's he starts investigating a little bit, and then the Baltimore Police Department super dysfunctional, and they they have all I guess all these interdepartment conflicts and things where like they don't really they have to solve these homicides but the police department doesn't really want to spend the money in solving them so they're like look just like find something pin it on somebody and just get like just get these homicides solved and mcnulty's like no that's not why i became a cop like i actually want to make a difference and they eventually end up getting a wire a wiretap on all these like low-level drug dealers and some of the higher ups. They get it's a wiretap. The entire. I mean, that's why the show is called the wire. Yeah, that's why it's called the wire. And they, it's like new tech because it's obviously 2002, so it's all yeah. new technology. You can wiretap people's cell phones because people yeah, just so, started getting cell phones at that point. Yeah, so they wiretap their cell phones. They wiretap their payphones because they also use payphones that are. Oh well, that's yeah because it's more it's safer. Yeah, because they because the payphone isn't tied to anybody. So they use all these payphones. So they start staking out like all these places where they're where they're dealing, and after after they finally uh, see a pattern, they they get the judge to write um, what is it a subpoena an order a warrant? Yes, I don't know. To get, all of the above to get like a they they get the judge to like write an order to allow them to put a wiretap up because apparently you can't just set up wiretaps. That's like sub- super I would, illegal. I would say subpoena that's a warrant. No, warrant, a subpoena a is when you get, get have to, someone has to go to court. Okay, yeah, that's true. I think. So I don't know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if you guys knew that, but I'm not a lawyer not. or a police officer. Neither am I. Or judge or any of those so things. So don't take any legal advice from us. No, no, no. This, we're just talking about the show. Yeah, fictional this is just show. Show. That apparently is very realistic. They, apparently, that's from the whole, what a lot of reviews that's said. That's the whole point of the show. That's why it was so good, apparently. It, was, it shows how, you know, yeah. the real shit and, goes down. And so the first season is basically them getting set up on this wiretap or getting this wiretap set up on all these like low level drug dealers and like lieutenants and stuff mm-hmm. like that and the payphones and basically figuring out what their code is for when they're setting up drug deals and stuff, when yeah. they're setting up meets when they're setting up like deliveries for a new supply of drugs for them to sell and it's i'm assuming they're selling crack right what are they selling cocaine what do, i don't even know what they're selling heroin Actually, I don't remember. No, I think it was. I think it's heroin. Was because, it? Oh well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Bubs is always doing heroin, and he gets a. Yeah. Um, oh, introduce Bubs. By yeah. The way. So, so now uh, as the show progresses, we start meeting a lot of other characters. So yeah, we've already met. Yeah, we've already met McNulty. Uh, we meet Cedric Daniels, who's like the he's their commander, I guess, of this. He's like, a lieutenant at that point. Or not yet? No, he's the commander oh, at this commander. point. So they, I don't really know the hierarchy. Yeah, so so once they get the wiretap set up, they basically the Baltimore Police Department basically sets up like this special like task force just to work specifically on the Barksdale case. And so Cedric Daniels is like the guy that leads them. Uh, McNulty is like the the main detective that we beat. Yeah. Then at Who this, used to be in homicide and then went to. Yeah, he used to. Yeah, he used to work in homicide and then, and then they, they put went him to. On they went to yeah. And then we meet uh, Omar Little, who was probably my favorite character. I think everybody's favorite character from 
what I've read. Oh yeah, about he's the, the best. Wire. Yeah, he's definitely the best character on the show. Uh, so Omar Little is not related to the police department at all. Yeah. He's basically a vigilante. Yeah, he's kind of a vigilante. Or a Robin Hood. So, yeah, like so a... he basically so <laughs> Omar Little steals from the drug dealers. Um, he doesn't hurt like any innocent people. He doesn't he shoot. Tries not to. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. He tries not to like shoot any innocent people. He basically just shakes down drug dealers, takes their takes like their money and like drugs, and that and he just uses that money basically to help out him. Yeah, yeah, basically to survive himself and help out like his family and or not family, but I guess like his like his crew, like the people that help him take down like all these drug dealers, and that's how that's how he lives. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like yeah, he's kind of like Robin Hood. He basically just he yeah. steals from the rich, gives to the poor. And he was also he's also a gay character. Which I, he is, which, I which like, we, because it's like we don't find that out until like pretty, pretty deep into the first uh, season. I don't da, think, right? Yeah, I thought you found out right away. Did Are you they, like making out with some dude? I think I you don't know, remember. I this think now. you know the whole time because, and he's not like hiding it. He's out. Yeah, he's not hiding. He has like a. I think in every season he has a boyfriend. Yeah. Or like, or like a dude that he's with. Sure, which would be a boyfriend, I would think. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, I just thought it was kind of important because like you don't ever see like a character like that portrayed as gay yeah especially like in 2002 that's true and also fun fact Will and grace was like the only gay thing on television at that point ellen had uh, ellen ellen oh but, ellen had ended yeah she they ended her show when she came out so yeah. pretty much um and speaking of omar little so omar little or the guy that played omar little uh, michael k williams he actually died while heather and i were finishing up the last oh, season yeah, that's he, right, he yeah. died like he died a, months ago, a month uh, ago two months ago uh, he did. He died like two months ago, I think. And was it right? It was an accidental overdose, wasn't it? Or something I think it like was that? an overdose. Uh, yeah, sucks. he died. He died September sixth of this of twenty twenty one. And what does it say that he died from? And I think it was an overdose. I think oh. it was like I think it was another like fentanyl thing. Oh, it sucks. Uh, let me. He's see. a good actor. He was in, he was in a lot of stuff. He was stuff. a very. He was in good Community actor, for actually. a little bit, which I liked. He was in the Community. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he died of a fatal combination of fentanyl. I'm not going to begin to pronounce the rest of these drugs. P fluorofentanyl, heroin, cocaine. Ah, uh, so, it must, so, have, so it must have been heroin laced with fentanyl. Yeah, that sucks. Um, but funny thing, so I, when he died, they put up all these articles about him and The Wire, and I actually found out that for the show, so his character Omar, uh, the reason everyone's afraid of Omar is because he uses a sh- uh, sawed-off shotgun, and he always whistles. Um, oh, what song is it that he whistles? The Farmer in the Dell. Mm. He's always whistling the farmer in the Dell every time he's walking down the street, and everyone knows that that's Omar coming, so they just, like, hide. Like, all the drug dealers and stuff just hide because they know that he's, like, either going to kill them and, or take their money yeah. or kill them and take their money. Yeah. Uh, usually it was the latter. And he's, like, this big, tough, like, I guess. He just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's he kind of like the Joker. He just has yeah, no, basically, like, he ah, just, ah, but he kind of has, no, he has, like. He has a motive. Not even that. He. No, he's not like the Joker because he has like a conscience and he like yeah he like cares he, again like, he yeah, cares, yeah like, he has a grandma he, yeah. that he takes care of like yeah he genuinely he doesn't yeah, he's not like, a psychopath yeah he's not like the other drug dealers that we meet where they're basically they'll get into their drug wars and they don't like care who they kill yeah they'll kill their own mother if they yeah, have to yeah. yeah like Omar specifically like will not kill anyone that isn't involved in like doing shady shit like, yeah that's he, why I, like I think a vigilante is a good word for yeah him. and so he keeps the money. <laughs> Yeah. And the drugs. So I was reading an article where... And he doesn't um, do drugs either. He just sell... Uh, he, I'm assuming he just wants the money to live. Like, he just... I think so. Yeah, I think he... Yeah. He yeah, they drugs. never show. Yeah, they never showed him doing drugs. Loves Honey Nut Cheerios, though. Oh, he does. But yeah. we'll get to that in the later seasons. Mm-hmm. So I actually found out that Michael Williams, in preparation for this role, he's from Brooklyn, he actually met with, like, drug dealers or people that he knew were drug dealers, like, in his community, in his actual community, and was like, hey, man... 
how would you shoot a gun <laughs> and like had these drug dealers like show him how to shoot a gun and basically act like like this character and yeah. that's how he prepared for this role which i thought was pretty dope because he grew up in brooklyn but he was like in like performing arts school and shit right like yeah. he wasn't like on the yeah he wasn't yeah, yeah no so like he, he was he was a theater kid yeah, yeah so like he had yeah so, so he, he had to like learn cause, yeah yeah um so then some of the other characters we meet uh kima greggs who is another detective on uh on this team led by cedric daniels um lester who she was in narcotics because because daniels was a narcotics was a narcotics yeah commander and then they put him on this i think mcnulty was the only one in homicide everybody else i think was like in narcotics and then and then lester was in like some division kind of like a division where like they put cops it's a pawn shop division Oh he, yeah, he that's went, right. He like he like made sure like pawn shops were you know, legit, legit. Yeah. yeah. So he basically because he because Lester's like close to retirement, so they were basically like here, just like spend your last few years essentially like behind no, the desk. He, I thought he like got in trouble and they put him there because he was there for thirteen years. No, because I think it was like because later on they explain because how like McNulty is always ruffling feathers about how like this is how police work should be done and not like this yeah. and like this bureaucratic crap is all bullshit. Lester was the same way, so they punished him by putting him in, like, this pawn shop that's unit. What, that's what I'm saying. And, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's For, like, that's 13, true, yeah. he was there for a long time. And Lester, as a hobby, um, builds and paints doll furniture. Yeah, like, miniature furniture. So okay. he's so you always see him, like, sculpting and carving out, like... And not paying attention. He and, give a yeah, shit. yeah. And just, like, carving out, like, little chairs and tables and stuff for, like, yeah. doll houses that he just sells on the side. And, but he's like super smart. He's like all, he's the one that actually monitors like the wiretap and all of that. Um, and he, he starts him and this other guy, uh, Press Belusky. You said it right? Polish right, yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, Press who is the son-in-law of not the captain? police chief, but like, yeah, some sort of like captain. District? Yeah. I think of, of the Western district. Yeah. Actually. Or no, the Eastern district. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. One of the districts. And he, he, he's actually the one that gets him a job as a cop. Yeah. Um, Press Belusky, we find out, not that great a cop. He uh, shoots off he's his... He's smart, though. Yeah, he's super smart. He's the one that starts recognizing the pattern and putting the... I guess putting everything together in, like, the phone numbers and who they're going to. Yeah. And he, he, like, pieces all that together. He's like, oh, this number is for um, for Stringer, and this is one of this is one of his, like... This number is for Bodie and all that. Yeah. He's not um, a good street cop. He's not. So he... He's, he's, a, so he's more he, of a desk guy, detective, smart guy. Yeah, so when he first... Like, I think his first day when he gets assigned to this little team, he fires off his gun, like, in the basement where the team is setting up accidentally. Yeah. He fires it off and like blasts a concrete wall and then Daniels is like, Yeah, we're gonna have to take that gun away from you for a little while. <laughs> um, so he's basically not allowed to go outside and be a cop. He he just stays inside with Lester and like with monitors the intelligence team. Yeah, yeah, and like monitors the wire and, you know, puts together like all these pieces. And he's always working on like crossword puzzles and things like that. So I guess he kinda has like that logistical mind. Is that the end of season one that he gets fired or the end of season two? When he gets fired and like from the police? Yeah. No, I was like towards the end of three, I think. Oh, that's right. right. Um, Sorry, that's ruining it. But... I mean, we're gonna get to it anyway. Yeah. Are we still in season one? Yeah. So it's taking forever. So then we make a couple. <laughs> so then we meet a couple of other people. We meet Bubbles, who is a. I like him too. Uh, yeah, he's he's a, a drug user. Yeah. And, and also and an informant. Yeah. He's the one that actually. Kima's informant, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because she used to use him when she was in narcotics. Yeah. So he he's actually the one that points out like all the people that they should be wiretapping him the, that they should be setting up a wiretap on because yeah. he knows who all the drug dealers are and all the players um and then we meet a couple of cops who i guess were street cops and they got promoted to this unit um carver and i forget the other guy's name 
the, oh. the the fat dude they're the fatter guy wait i thought that was carver no carver was the one that the eventually yeah and then oh i can't remember the other holt 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 oh yeah that guy they're both and they're Something both like kind of just like knuckleheads like they're just like yeah they're basically like they they just do they're all the like grunt the work. um they're like uh from the mighty ducks the smash the smash brothers yes right yeah, or that's that basically what they call them? yeah yeah. Um, they basically do all the grunt work. So whenever they have to do like a stakeout or like do like some late night all, or all night work, they're yeah, the ones they that, that they're the ones that like have to drive out and sit in the car. And they're very aggressive. Like they, Super they aggressive. treat they treat like these people like I mean, like they hit them and like stuff like yeah. They're very aggressive. Very aggressive. So long story short, for season one, they end up getting the wiretap up. Um, oh, also by the way, uh, one of the drug dealers in season one is uh, Michael B. Jordan. I think also in his first role in The Wire. Oh yeah, yeah. He was like, well, uh, he was a he's, teen- he's playing a teenager. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of the drug dealers yeah, in that. Yeah, one of the in, little um, like uh, I don't even know he, what they call. He them. deals them. Yeah, he deals them. Yeah, or he like moves them around. Yeah. like, Yeah, because he's only like what fifteen Four, or fifteen, fourteen, something the, like that. Yeah. Um, and so so that's basically season one. We get to the point where how does it end? They they start getting information. They they start piecing all this together from The Wire. Mm-hmm. Um, they get. One of Barksdale's, I guess, associates gets arrested, and then he ends up cooperating, gives them some information. They end up going on a sting operation where they use Kima as like someone who's looking to That's buy, right. uh, who's looking to buy drugs. And so she gets in this car. Uh, it's it's a car that they it's been set up by the cops and stuff. They uh, they have they have like a gun planted under the back seat in case like things go sour. And then the 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 Barksdale's um, associate is actually the guy who runs uh, Barksdale's strip club, and so Barksdale uses the strip club kind of like as a front to launder money to launder money, basically yeah. make his money legit. And the guy the guy that runs the strip club day to day is the one that actually sells him out. So he's the one driving the car, taking Kima to go meet up with Barksdale's like drug dealer cronies to like buy whatever drugs. They get to the point. They get to, um, they get to the place where they're supposed to buy the drugs. Uh, turns out the drug dealers are switching up the street signs to confuse the cops, so the cops don't know where they're actually dealing. And they they tell him like, okay, this is where we're gonna meet. This is what time. All of this stuff. They go to where they're gonna meet, but then it turns out because they switch the street signs, they're actually like a block or two away from where they were actually said they were going to be. Uh, Kima ends up getting badly shot. Yeah, it goes, it goes, goes to the hospital. It went south bad. And then they end up like the cops basically have to come out of there because they're all undercover, like hiding on like different blocks to like close streets off and like catch these guys after the transaction is made. Goes completely south. They have to send out helicopters to try to find this guy. They can't find the guy. Um, and that's basically how season one ends. We don't yeah, know. We don't know if Kima is dead or not. Yeah. And... I think what else happens in season one? I think that was it. Yeah, they're basically just trying to like take down Barksdale and and uh, Stringer. Bell. Yeah, so they end up not doing that. Barksdale organization still going strong. Yeah. Um, a couple. Uh, Michael B. Jordan ends up getting shot At by the end of season one by Bodie. Yeah, that was season. That, yeah, that was still season one. I don't think Bodie does it. I think it's the other kid. I don't remember his name. Poot. No, I, Poot was with him. Bodie. Yeah. Bodie shoots Wallace. No, yeah. I think Poot does because she, Bodhi was going to do it, but then he like froze up, and then Poot did it. All right. So Wallace, yeah. So Wallace, uh, Wallace is Michael B. Jordan's character. Sorry, 
Uh, so Wallace ends up getting shot by Bodie and Poot because they think that Wallace is the one that tipped off the cops to um, to like the Barksdale organization when it when it was really the strip club owner. So they end up killing him. Yeah. Uh, which I did not see coming. I thought. I, for some reason, thought Michael B. Jordan was, like... In the show a lot? Yeah, like, like I thought he was, like, a main drug dealer in the show. Yeah, no. Apparently not. Um, and that's basically how season one ends. And then, oh, and Weebay, Weebay also gets arrested. Weebay is another one of, like, Barksdale's higher-up... He's not, like, a day-to-day drug dealer, but he's, like, a higher-up lieutenant that kind of helps with... Um, kind of, like, muscle and also just, like, overseeing, like, I don't know, I guess their operations... Uh, he ends up getting arrested and confessing to a lot of the murders that he did not commit just to keep Barksdale and Stringer out of jail. That's like how it works, yeah. Their lieutenants always take will take any blame that would yeah. normally be on them. So Stringer and Barksdale are basically for money, obviously for you know they'll to take, yeah, and then they'll pay for their family, like, take care of their family. Yeah, that's like the that. whole thing. So that's actually yeah. another thing about uh, Avon. He's very big on protecting everyone's family, uh, his own, and like all of his lieutenants and I guess drug dealers included. So like when they get arrested. He takes care of their family, like he gives them money to live. When they come out of jail, he like sets them back up again, so he, they start dealing drugs again, and he pays them and all that stuff. And uh, everything, as far as Barksdale is concerned, everything is the same. Nothing changes except a couple of his a couple of his low level drug low level drug dealers are dead. One of his lieutenants is arrested, and that's basically it. So we move on to season two, and season two still related to drugs and they find and now we get more involved with i guess like the blue collar class of oh, worker so this is this this is the season where they go with the, where, dock with the docks yeah. Uh, yeah so this one opens up uh again it's related to the dock workers and like these blue collar guys that work at the docks every day longshoremen and they are unloading uh shipping containers uh, off of a giant cargo ship uh turns out there's a cop like a regular, um, I guess, city cop that patrols the um, the docks. The docks, and she finds—I forget her name. Uh, her real name? Yeah. Or... What's her real name? It was. She was um, a main part of the that season. Yeah, she was a huge and, part. Yeah, of Yeah, and then she's in the rest of it. Isn't like Beatty or something? Oh, Beatty. That was her name. Is it Beatty? Yeah. Her, her character's name. Her real name. She's from the office. Yeah, she's she in the last Michael's... few seasons. Uh, like girlfriend. Yeah, the the new HR uh, lady. That takes over for what's his face, Amy Ryan. Amy, I was gonna say it's very, it's a very like gen- Amy generic Ryan. name. She yeah. plays, yeah, she plays, um, she plays B D Russell, and she's like the she's like the city cop that kind of that the the dock is part of like her patrol, and I get one day she comes across a shipping container where the um the locks not the locks but I guess like the tags that they put on them to keep the doors closed and I guess also say what the shipping container contains. Uh, it's ripped open, and that's like a big no-no because those are supposed to be sealed until they actually arrive at the docks. So she starts to investigate. There's like a whole bunch of dead bodies in the shipping container. It's all dead women. It's all dead women because it was part of a sex trafficking thing from Russia, I think they were coming Pretty from. Pretty sure, yeah. Or they were going – yeah, they were coming yeah. from Russia. And so she obviously calls call, it in. Calls it, in. Yeah. it goes up the chain of command and ends up being a part of this um, – part of this other unit's um caseload now this now the main unit after season one and start of season two we find out that mcnulty has been i guess essentially demoted to like harbor police 
And he, oh, yeah, because he stirs up a lot of shit. Yeah, because he, he, like, he goes he goes over like his captain's heads to like yeah. he'll, he'll just go up the chain of command until he gets what he wants. Yeah, so they and, so they don't like him. Yeah, they don't like at all because he's always again he's always fighting with them tooth and nail about how like no it can't be done this way it has to be done this way like yeah he thinks he's just your, always right and his yeah like, and his opinion is the correct one. Yeah, forget your bureaucratic crap and forget about this. Like I'll just go over your head and then I'll go over that guy's head if I have to. And so, he's a drunk and he just sleeps with any yeah. woman he finds. Like uh, he's yeah. It's kind of a uh, he, the first two, the first couple seasons it's like eh like he's all right and then yeah. he turns into a real shithead he just gets annoying yeah but um so he's now harbor police so they they're basically like the cops that go out on boats and patrol like the harbors and things like that very yeah very boring not um, a lot happens not usually. a lot so then when this container thing happens because he's working near the docks he's one of the first cops that arrives on the scene yeah. um starts poking his head around he's asking the detectives that are running the case like oh did you do this did you do this oh don't forget this and did you look here and then he starts examining the container as if he were like the detective working on the case eventually the baltimore police department sets up a team that is in charge of like figuring out how all these bodies got in the shipping container who's responsible and all of this shockingly enough the unit that they put together is the exact same unit of people that worked in season one mm -hmm. for the Barksdale case. Yeah. So it, it's Kima, Lester, McNulty eventually, uh, Daniels is leading it, and then Carver, and I'm pretty sure that guy's name was Holt. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to say. Isn't this where um, uh, the only reason they're looking into Frank Zabobka? Sabatka, 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 Sabatka. He's like the union, not union leader, or yeah. he's the like manager. Like he's, yeah, just, so he's he, the he's head like, guy at the docks. Yeah, and he's and him. he's also so he runs the docks, but then he's also like the union leader for the union that the dock, the longshoremen are all a part of. Yeah, and it becomes a thing because so the police major Stan Valchek, he's the guy that's uh, Press Belusky's father-in-law. He's making a donation to like one of the local churches and the donation is like this giant stained glass window that is Isn't there like a ship on it or something weird. Like... Um, no, it's a police. It's police. So it's related oh. to the police because they want to know kind of like when you donate to like a library or something and like depending on how you much money you name, donate. Yeah. The, yeah, depending on how much money you donate, they'll like name a wing in the library after you or a hospital or they'll do that thing where you get like your name on a brick and then like the brick goes into like the pavements and it's there forever or whatever. So he's doing that for like the local police in that area, but when he goes to the church to actually donate the gift, the the priest at the church is like, "Oh, we already gave that space to the the dock workers. They already donated like this really nice stained glass window. It's already in." And he shows him, and Stan. I don't know why he gets like so pissed. He's so mad. And so now he gets into like this giant feud with Sabatka, the guy that runs the docks, and he basically has the cops just harassing Sabatka and like all the dock workers. So he like sends cops out there every day to give him like nonsense tickets for like yeah. parking illegally or like uh, not being parked correctly. He's trying or, to get them to, yeah. to find out like that. Cause he, he knows that they're doing something corrupt because there's no way yeah, they would have all no that money. There's no way the dock workers would have all that money. So he's trying to get the cops to investigate him without any evidence and find out what he's doing, which he, I mean, he is, yeah. he's, he's, He's using the docks to, to bring uh, drugs in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then and the women, he the women he didn't know about at the yeah, time. Yeah, the women were legit. Like he didn't think um, that. Yeah. yeah he, he he didn't want. It this. had nothing to do with that. Yeah, the sex trafficking. Um, I mean, he let it happen, but he didn't know it was happening. If that yeah. makes sense. He thought that that drugs were just coming through the docks, not 
people. Yeah, and so yeah. now this unit that has now been tasked with solving these crimes, because of the work they did on the Barksdale case, they think that this money is related to drugs, and they're like, oh, Barksdale's got to be involved. So we get a second season of them trying to tie Barksdale to like these murders and these drugs coming into the mm -hmm. port. And then this is, the, is this the season where you meet the Greek too? Yes, this is the season where we meet the Greek. So the, so. Greek, the Greek is like the drug dealer. Like yeah, he's the he's main like, guy that He's just the, running all of this. He's running, it, like he's the person getting, I don't know, what do they call like the main person who gets all the drugs and they then that person distributes it to a... Their connect, it's their connect. It's the connect, okay. Um, so this, this, the guy... He's he's Greek, but they just call him the Greek. That's like his drug dealer. Yeah, name. no one knows his real name. No one knows his real name. And so they, no one ever actually talks to him. They go through, uh, I guess, the Greek second in command, who is also an actor I've seen in a bunch of things, yeah, I but know. I can't remember his yeah, name. He's just one. Of, he's one of those guys. You're like, oh, I know him, but I don't know what I see and know him from. Yeah, and in the show, again, he's just like he's the guy that people actually talk to when they want to get a message to the Greek. Mm -hmm. And so they meet, um, uh. Ziggy, who is the son of Frank Sabatka. No, he's the nephew. Ziggy, no, Ziggy's the kid. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the other guy. Yeah, Zig, yeah Ziggy's so, a shithead. So Ziggy is the kid who's, uh, I guess, peddling these drugs to make money because the longshoremen, they're not getting as much work as they used to. I forget why. Yeah, I think it was like, like some it was like some city issue where like yeah. ships, the, the, like the, the Baltimore docks aren't getting as many ships. So there isn't like as many hours, as many shifts, anything like that. So they're losing a lot of work. So Ziggy, who's uh, Frank Sabatka's kid, he starts dealing drugs on the side to kind of like make money. Yeah, and he's like a weirdo. Like he's just kind yeah, of like he's he, super he, like, weird. Yeah, like he when he gets like he's the type of guy when he has money he buys like expensive things and like throws the money around. Yeah, and like he's just kind of and he just like I don't even know how to describe him. He just thinks he's like a bigger, badder dude than he is. But he's not. He's not. He's a pussy. He so, really is. Yeah. So he ends up getting involved. He ends up getting his cousin, uh, Frank Sabatka's nephew, involved. I can't remember his nephew's name. But they get involved. He's in stuff. He's in... Was um, he? I only, uh, well, he's, I, he was in Orange is the New Black. He was the... um, In the first couple seasons, he was the uh, really shitty uh, police officer in um, yeah, Orange is the New Black. And he's in other things, too, but that's really all I know him from. Nick. Nick yeah. Sabatka, that's uh, that's that's Ziggy's. Uh, Nick Sabatka is uh, Ziggy's cousin and Frank's nephew, Pablo Schreiber. Schreiber. That's, that's his name. Yeah. So I did not think that was his name. So he gets involved with Ziggy in like selling these drugs because he is currently living in his mother's basement with his girlfriend and baby. And baby. Yeah. So he's trying to make money to like move out. So he finally, he starts seeing Ziggy kind of like making a good chunk of change on the whole drug dealing thing. And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll help you out. So he starts making some money. He's like hiding it in his basement and stuff like that. And that's how they get involved with the Greek. And they essentially get themselves into a whole mess of trouble sure, yeah. after all of this is tied to like the dead bodies and things like that. Oh, that's how the – now I remember how the Dockers are making their, all their money. So the Dockers aren't dealing drugs. They're dealing stolen goods. So they have – Ziggy has oh. this connect that okay. he works with. It's this guy that runs like like a little electronics place. Like if you remember uh, kind of like a, a Circuit City or like a PC Richard & Son, kind of like these little electronics thing where they sell like appliances and TVs and cameras. And Best one of the buy. things – Yeah, or a Best Buy. Uh, not as big as a Best Buy, but like, yeah, like that but smaller. And – um. 
so Ziggy has a connect with this guy, and because it's the early 2000s, digital cameras are all the rage. So uh, Ziggy goes in there one day, and he's selling these digital cameras, and the guy buys he buys a he buys a bunch. Like he buys like a, yeah, he buys like a couple. I don't know, I think it was like a couple thousand or something like uh -huh. that. And he cheats. He doesn't really cheat Ziggy, but he negotiates Ziggy down on the price of each camera versus what Ziggy actually wanted to sell. So Ziggy. Um, because he's, Ziggy's like a, a relatively like small dude compared to like these longshoremen who are like, you know, these big stocky guys. And so they always like bust his balls and shit like that. And Ziggy kind of gets frustrated and all of this is kind of like building up with him, building up in his head throughout yeah. the entire season. He's definitely mentally unstable. Yeah. So then we get, this is towards like the middle end of the, of season two. He gets, he, he, he does, he does this deal with this guy goes back he goes into his car gets a gun and he goes back in there and he's like yeah no that price doesn't work for me shoots the guy dead right in the head right in the head and then shoots another guy like the guy that just works there he shoots him he doesn't die though he lives um and then he just walks out yeah he just walks out of the store and so now ziggy he kind of went through like a psych he had like a psychotic break. yeah he just yeah he, he didn't just, like yeah he's not that type of person like he's not a person who shoots people yeah but, it's kind of you know, like he reached a point and just like snapped if you saw the joker like the first time the joker kills somebody and then he's like i kind of dig this that happened like he just broke yeah but 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 then he comes out of it because yeah, when does. he goes to yeah. jail he confesses to everything and yeah. he's like and he knows he did wrong like he's like traumatized by it so. yeah so the guy that ziggy does the deal with for the cameras turns out to be one of the greeks he he works for the greeks so now the greek is pissed about this and the greeks have this relationship uh, they've they've built this relationship with Ziggy or not with Ziggy with uh, Sabatka and Nick. Yeah, well, mostly Nick. Yeah, they because, like him. Yeah, because they 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 trust him. They, well, yeah, they trust him. So because they need to get drugs into Baltimore, so they're like, oh, you guys are shipping stolen goods, right? Here's the deal: we'll oh, pay you right. handsomely to uh, ship in some drugs for us. Not so much drugs, but like all these different chemicals that I guess they're lacing with drugs. And Nick and Frank are like, oh, man, this will help out our guys. Like, we'll actually be able to pay them, and they'll actually be able to work. All right, we'll do this deal. Ziggy fucks all that up in, like, his one spat of, I don't know, psychotic breakdown. And so now um, Sabatka gets arrested for smuggling. Um, he, he, he agrees to work with the cops, like with Cedric and, and all of them, to, like, bring down, I guess, to, to bring down the Greek and, like, make all of this right. Yeah. And he tells them, like, look, here's the deal. We're bringing this in for him. I don't know about the dead bodies. I swear I don't know about that. But we've been, like, we've just been bringing in, like, stolen goods. And we made this deal with this guy to bring in some drugs. That's, that's it. That's all that's we've it. done. We that's all we've done. We didn't, ki we didn't kill anyone. That's all, that's all we've done. Yeah. And so. I mean, I think, I mean, I well, as far as, like, crimes go, I think sex trafficking is number one that's like up that, there. that would be like, that's they, like i mean that's, that's like what there. that was like 15 homicide homicide yeah it was like homicides that sounds weird homicides yeah it was like it was like yeah it was like 14 or 15 women that yeah. they found so that's probably like pretty um, bad. so now the greek finds out about this through a mole that he has and he eventually goes after sabatka so he he makes this deal or not deal but he makes this plan to meet with sabatka to discuss like a future deal Sabatka goes to meet with him, like mm -hmm. in some fenced-off area by the docks. Yeah, and his nephew Nick was like, "Let me come with you. I know yeah. this guy. We can talk. Like, it'll be fine." Yeah, and Sabatka's like, "No, I, I gotta go do on. this on my own because this mm -hmm. is my kid and all of this. I gotta make this right. It'll be fine." And Nick's like, "All right, whatever." 
Uh, it turns out the Greek was setting up Sabatka, ends up shooting him dead. because Yeah, because he, yeah, he knew that uh, Sabatka was planning on ratting him all out. Or no, but but that's the thing. He was going to rat him out, and then Nick was like, hey, just go talk to him, and you guys yeah. can do a deal. Yeah. So when he went to the docks to meet the Greek, his intentions weren't, his intentions changed from narking on him yeah. to actually working with him, but yeah. they did obviously, the Greek and his people didn't know that. Yeah. So they killed him. So, yeah, so he ends up getting killed. So, I mean... Um, he almost could have lived. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if Nick would have went with him, he would have been okay. Yeah. In the meantime, uh, the Baltimore Police Department get involved with the FBI to help try to solve this case. And I don't know how. I, I always I forget the connection. So McNulty knows someone who works at the FBI. I think he refers to him as his brother one time, but I don't think it's his actual brother. I think he means brother, like I don't know, like a good friend or someone they go way back with because they don't even look anything alike. But they're always meeting in, like, parking lots. They never actually go into, like, an office to talk. They he, McNulty just basically meets with him and is like, hey, here's what's going on with this case. You think if I brought this to the FBI, they'll actually step in? And the guy basically tells him, like, yeah, no, whatever. Um, but right now the FBI's focus, give, and this is why I guess this show gets such great reviews, they actually tie it into a little bit of reality. Uh, so this is shortly after September 11th when this show aired. And so at the time very much like in real life, the FBI was way more uh, concerned with acts of terrorism. Well, they, so, just, they just made the whole, uh, Homeland Security. Yeah. That, that's, that's a new branch. Like, that's a that's relatively a, yeah, new that branch like of the government. New, yeah. and or the so, FBI or whatever, because they, they made that after 9-11 yeah, for, so, to fight terrorism. Yeah, shit. so the guy at the FBI tells him, like, hey, man, like, normally, yeah, this would be a great case, but unless you can tie this into some sort of, like, Homeland Security terrorism thing, I don't know that the FBI is going to do anything. So they try to tack on the homicides since those women, they find out that the women came from Russia. Oh, yeah. So McNulty spends this um, whole season trying to figure out who these women one, are. No, well, not even this the one, one just woman, this yes. one woman because the— I think on, he's, he's just obsessed. Well, yeah. is that the one that he—doesn't he—don't they find a body in the river? Yeah, it's the body, it's the body that he finds. Yeah, because he finds a body. He yeah, fi yeah, yeah. yeah, he finds this body in the river. Um, because I think it was somebody, I forget how they explained it, but it was somebody that they dumped in the river that knew something about something going on with the trafficking. And I guess this woman had like a picture of herself and I think her kid and like some other members of her family. Yeah. And lived in the city. Yeah. And he's trying to go around, uh, basically like the little Russian parts of the Baltimore. And because I think on, on the picture there was like something written, but it was in Russian or something like that. And he's like trying to go to all these parts and be like, oh, can you tell me what this says? Can you tell me what this means? And so now the FBI starts to get involved a little bit. Um, after the Greek kills Zabatka, they basically pin the homicides. They basically pin the homicides on Zabatka and like the operation that they were dealing with um, when it wasn't really his fault. I guess. Yeah, but he's dead now. So, I mean, yeah, but have... he's dead. So they're like, oh, might as well just pin it on him and we'll get these, you know, 14 bodies yep. out we'll of our hair. Wrap this case right yeah, up. this is all done. Mm -hmm. And so now... Because, uh, like, it's like a main theme of, like, this entire show is, like, the ho the homicide team just wanting to wrap up cases. Like, they just have so many cases, open cases and unsolved cases. Yeah. They just want them all closed. Because I guess, and again, another thing where it ties into reality, I guess yeah. this is an issue for, for a lot of police departments, especially in, like, heavier populated cities where they have like all these murders and all these cases if they go unsolved after a while you know the city gets a reputation of being like a violent city and mm. not that great to live and in and then it ties into politics where they, yeah. they won't give them, then, they won't give them money anymore they yeah. won't do overtime it's so like a whole deal like the, the, the city loses money thing, yeah. people move out they don't want to live there anymore the city goes bankrupt essentially yeah, it's a you, whole thing yeah and the, and the next few seasons you it the politics yeah. starts to tie in a lot 
And so now a lot of the drug dealers are getting a little worried. Uh, they're trying to find they, – they find out about this Greek guy. They're trying to find out who he is. And they, of course, go unscathed. No one even ever finds out who they are, at least not yet. And the major, uh, Stan Valchek, he gets pleased that Sabatka was arrested and then I guess shot dead. Um, and he – I guess they, they see it like – he sees it as a win that Sabatka got arrested because it's like his own personal vendetta against Sabatka, but then he sees it as like a failure on the police department for not actually doing anything because Sabatka just got killed by this other drug dealer. And meanwhile, uh, Barksdale, we run into him again, him and Stringer, and D'Angelo, uh, they're serving some prison time. Well, Avon and D'Angelo are serving some prison time. Yeah, uh, Ave, uh, D'Angelo got caught with drugs. He was making a drug run up to New York. Yeah, and then he got caught. Or, yeah, and then he got caught on the way back, bringing drugs back into yeah Baltimore. So he got like what twenty five years. Yeah, he got something like that. But then they like reduced yeah. the sentence or something. Yeah, and then Avon. I forgot why Avon got he was arrested. In there for, and he was only in there for like seven years. I think because when we we really took all the blame for all those murders. I think they got Avon just on some, like, drug charges. So it I wasn't so. yeah. no murders or anything like that. So he only got, like, seven years. So Stringer's the only one that, uh, well, he's, the, like, the only high-level player in Barksdale's organization right now. I mean, he always pissed. McNulty yeah. has such a hard-on yeah, for getting, for getting Str- Stringer. Yeah, for getting Stringer. Like, like I don't, all he wants is Stringer. So, like, I, I think don't the know third why. season's all about him trying to get Stringer, right? Yeah, but Stringer, uh, Stringer's actually super smart in this because he he's trying to get out of the drug game because he doesn't want, like, yeah. he thinks it's stupid how people are getting shot over something as, like, oh, you're on the wrong corner. Like, it, it's the dumbest shit. And yeah. he's like, we can make so much more money if we start, like, taking over real estate and then we, like, we control everything. Like, we control the real estate. We can, like... I'll launder all our money legitimately through like all these real estate properties and these investments. Mm-hmm. And Avon's like, no, I'm not having that because like, this is what we've always done. We've always sold drugs. This is how it works. And Stringer's like, all right, fine, whatever. But now with Barksdale behind bars, Stringer kind of has the freedom to like do all this stuff. Meanwhile, essentially lie to Barksdale about what he's doing and how he's doing it. So he yeah. starts looking at all these like real estate properties and things like that. Well, that starts, but that's not still season three, right? Yeah. Well, he starts doing it in season two, oh, and yeah. then season three is when he's actually like meeting with contractors and like lawyers and whatever. Yeah. So, so how does season two end? Uh, so D'Angelo ends up cutting ties with his uncle after um, his. <laughs> so this is how much pull Avon has. So he's in jail. And in jail, I, they're still able to get drugs. Like people bring it in when they visit or whatever. I don't really know how it works. They plant fall. They plant drugs into one of the correctional officer that works at the prisons. That works at the prisons. They plant drugs like in his car as like uh, packs of gum in like a pack of gum. Oh yeah, because there was an there was an OD. Yeah. So there was an. <laughs> so there was, <laughs> um, there was a part in the in the show in this season towards the end where. Avon essentially gets all these drugs brought in and he laces them with something. I forget what, like rat poison or some because, shit like that. Yeah, because he fi- because he's trying to fix his relationship with, with his nephew. Yeah, yeah, with his nephew because he thinks family is super important. Yeah. And D'Angelo cuts him off and he actually starts yeah. doing drugs. Yeah. Because he's just like in a weird space because he doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to be in that business anymore. He doesn't yeah. want to do any of that stuff. So he starts doing drugs in prison and he'll be there for a long time. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's got nothing so, else going on. So Avon gets all these drugs brought in and all these drugs because they're laced Everyone that took them died. Yeah. So like, but he made and he made sure he that made, yeah he made, made sure, sure that D'Angelo, D'Angelo didn't take any. Take any. Yeah. So like the guy that would normally come in and he like knocks on all the cells and he's like yo you want some tonight or whatever the one night D'Angelo's like nah I'm good, 
and um, everyone else the next morning, they just wake up dead. Well, I guess oh, they don't wake up. Yeah, they're just dead. They're just dead. Yeah. And so D'Angelo's looking around. He's like, what the fuck? So he goes to talk to his uncle Avon. He's like, you have anything to do with this? And Avon's like, I don't know what you're talking about, yo. And he's like, uh, that doesn't seem right, but okay. And so they frame this correction, this correctional officer, corrections officer, who, by the way, is a dick. He's um, he's kind of like one of those officers that just like abuses his power. So he'll go. Wasn't he bringing drugs in anyway? Um, I don't think he was bringing drugs in, but he was helping. Like he was helping. Them he was get helping them. some. Yeah, he was like looking the other way because or he was doing like the that. stuff with the the packs of gun. Like they, yeah, he was doing that, and yeah. and, and Avon knew, so that's yeah. how he got it in. Um, yeah, so Avon was basically interviewing with like the parole officer or something like that, and he's like, "Yo, check out this this cop's car. I bet you you'll find your stash." Or yeah, because he's trying to make a deal to get a, get out of to get yeah, a, he's light, to make a, a sentence. Deal. Yeah, um, and so they end up looking at the guy's car. They find it. This cop gets uh, fired, and um, well, he gets to part up in charges. And he goes to jail. Did he go to jail? He I mean, I'm going a, to jail? does he not? Because he, I, mean, I don't remember he seeing was, him go to jail. I mean, he murdered. I guess that's true. Seven inmates or whatever. Yeah. He should have. I guess that's true. Unless they, unless it's one of those cop things where like you just, you know, time off without pay. Yeah. For so murder. Now, yeah. So now Stringer uh Stringer starts getting worried about D'Angelo and he's like, he's gonna like he's cutting ties with Avon, he's gonna blow up our whole organization, we're all gonna be screwed. So Stringer orders a hit on D'Angelo in prison. So one day, and at this point, D'Angelo is like, he's honestly like trying to turn his life around. Like he doesn't want to be involved with Avon anymore. He doesn't want drugs. He doesn't want to yeah. be involved with drugs anymore. He just wants to live out the rest of his life in jail and then get out. Like, yeah. And, and he, he has, he also has like a wife and a kid yeah. um, uh, on the outside. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just going to start fresh. Like I'm just going to do my time and that's going to be it. And it'll be over. Stringer's like, no, nah, I can't have that. You know too much. So d'angelo manages uh, avon manages to get d'angelo a sweet job in prison which is just basically working the library in prison so all he has to do is just like put books away um that's it and d'angelo's like you know reading books and he's like doing what he's supposed to he's just you know just trying to finish out a sentence not bothering anybody one day this guy comes up to him and he's like yo i'm looking for this book and he's like oh yeah i think i got it over here but let me just go put this away in the back and i'll be right back guy's like all right um d'angelo walks into the back the guy follows him he ends up choking him is that, but is that, is that in season two or I thought that no was, that was two that was the end of two yeah that was the end of two i thought he was i thought d'angelo was in the first no at the beginning of season three so um oh, i didn't know that so they make it they make it look like so he ties uh so he choke so he he chokes him with a belt loop or with a belt and he ties the belt to a doorknob and leaves d'angelo's body on the floor to make it look like it was um Oh, what do you call it? The uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. I said autoerotic that right? asphyxiation, yeah. yeah. Like jerking off and then, you know, yeah. strangling and then choking yourself a little yeah, bit so, so you get a better yes, orgasm. Yes, so he or- – by the way, who figures that out? I mean – Like I don't even – it's kind of – I don't know. It's kind of like the first person to th- think of like bungee jumping is like how do you test that on the first run? In any case. Um, so – so they make it. So they kill D'Angelo. They make it look like a suicide by autoerotic asphyxiation. Like it's an accident. Like it was an accident. Or no? Didn't they make it? No, that's how they made it look like. Oh. And so then I they made it just like look like a suicide. Well, yeah. Yeah, but that's not. Su- I mean, that would, if if it was for autoerotic asphyxiation, it would be an accident. I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. He wasn't. Yeah, do, he wasn't, he didn't true. mean to kill himself. Yeah. it was an accident. Um, so, so I think they made it look like a suicide. Yeah. So at this point, Avon finds out D'Angelo's dead. Doesn't know that Stringer is involved, and actually doesn't find out for a while. Um, and 
Avon's kind of like now he's mourning like the loss of his his nephew because I mean one thing I do have to give Avon credit for he is like all about family like he makes sure to take care of his family and like he has a sister he which put is, his sister which is D'Angelo's mother yeah D'Angelo's mother which um, they actually look really alike it was really they do weird. which is weird D'Angelo, I wonder if they're actually related D'Angelo and his mom um but they like he he put his sister up in like a really nice apartment the whole thing and so now um stringer's been struggling this entire time because of the whole thing going on with the docks being under investigation by the police a limited amount of drugs is coming into the city so stringer is running out of a lot of supply to sell so he makes a deal with the guy who runs the uh eastern part of the drug deal uh prop joe proposition joe and he makes a deal with him and he's like yo you have a connect in new york let me get in on that, and I'll give you some of our territory because the uh, the the territory on the west side that Barksdale controls is apparently like that's like the hot ticket territory. That's like the I don't know busiest foot traffic. Yeah, and they get the best drugs, right? Uh, the ones from New York are the best drugs. At the moment, yeah, the one. At yeah, the so so Prop Joe gets like the the best drugs, and Barksdale has the best territory. So yeah. Stringer cuts a deal with him. He's like, "Yo, you let us tap into your supply. I'll give you like some of the towers that." We work it out of and we'll all be we'll all make money we'll be happy prop joe's like all right that's fine yeah proposition joe is like a very like diplomatic like yeah drug kingpin i guess yeah he basically say. he basically just wants to be involved in everyone's pot because then he's always getting a cut of the money no matter what happens exactly he's yeah. actually pretty smart I'm not he just lie. wants to run the he just wants the business to run yeah he's and just like he just wants to make money he's just through and through businessman like yeah that's it he, he just wants money he doesn't care yeah he runs a um is it like a like a he runs like a electronic yeah like, like a repair shop yeah, which is yeah, a front yeah. but he actually does we he see does him later repairs, on yeah. he actually he actually does fix like little tvs and radios yeah, because and even stuff. uh what's his face uh stringer owns a copy yeah copy and then place. yeah and then stringer i think this is in season three but stringer owns up uh opening up like a kinko's kind oh of. i thought he had it i thought he always had it they, he opens i don't know if he, season I, three? I think so um, i don't I think he always, always had, I it. had it i don't think he always had it um and so uh prop joe agrees to this deal and uh the greek who's actually prop joe's connect um he's unaware of this arrangement and he just assumes that like joe and a lot of his other dealers just got new territory and he's like oh okay that means more money for me too sure we're all winning here and so now avon out of prison is starting to get a little worried about what's going on and he doesn't have enough muscle to i guess support his drug dealers and his organization so he reaches out to someone who's like this badass assassin from new york named uh brother muzone who is weird uh he dresses like um like uh in a suit no what's his name uh malcolm x he's kind of oh, that, yeah, kind, he he does. that kind yeah, of vibe yeah. that like militant like muslim like yeah uh yeah like he's like a really he's kind of religious right I, sort of uh not not so much religious, but he's very, um, like he, so he has his second in command and he, he tasks him with getting like all these magazines and books and stuff for him every day. So he can read about like what's going on in the world and like what's going on in finance. Like he's very literate and tries to like keep up with all of this. Like he's not, he's not like a typical like street level, like drug dealer. Like he's he's, a psycho. He's like, yeah. He's very violent. Very. So he's like, he doesn't give a fuck. No, like he'll, he'll shoot you for like looking at him the wrong way. Yeah. But then at the same time, he'll be like, Hey, get me the New Yorker from down the street or something like that. And so he's polite. Yeah. He's super polite. Yeah. 
Um, and so he comes, so season two ends with him coming into town and Avon basically giving him the orders to like, yo, I need you to, I need need you to help me out. Like you got to get prop Joe's guys off my territory. Like this is how this has to happen. Mm -hmm. So he comes into Baltimore and Stringer, um, finally gets Avon to go along with like this deal that he's got with prop Joe. That's how season two ends. Mm-hmm. And they still haven't caught anyone yet. They still haven't. Well, yeah. season two ended, which them them I guess putting all the murders and stuff on Sabaka, right? Yes. And then Stringer is still, and then Avon's out of jail now. D'Angelo's uh, dead, and yeah. Stringer is is never in jail. Yeah, Stringer's still not yet in jail. McNulty's still super pissed about that. McNulty yeah. has like such a hard on for getting Stringer. Realize this episode's taking a little too long, so spur of the moment decision. We're gonna split this up into two. Yeah, we'll stop. We'll stop at season we'll, two. We'll stop here. That was a lot of information, especially yeah. for me. So we'll stop here. We'll do part two next week. We'll see if we can finish this out. We should be able to because now it kind of moves a little bit faster. But um, that was seasons one and two of The Wire. Thank you for checking that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, our first cliffhanger episode. Look at us. Um, yeah, you don't you don't know if we like it or not. Yeah, you can't. You don't know yet. You don't know. You're not gonna know till next week. You have no idea. So stay tuned for that next week. Yeah. Um, until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Did I Miss Pod. Yep, yep. Um, be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. And uh, give us some suggestions. I think I already have an idea for another show that we're going to watch next. Ooh. Um, I don't even know. Well, yeah, we'll discuss. Me and Heather will discuss. We'll Heather see what and we I. decide. Heather and I. Thank you, Grammar Police. I'm just kidding. We'll see what we, we'll <laughs> see what we find out. Well. But be... Stay tuned for that, and be sure to check in next week when hopefully we'll be able to wrap up The Wire. Yes. I think we'll be able to do it. Yeah, we'll do it. It'll happen. I have faith in us. Um, So until then, have a good week. Uh, Oh, welcome to November. There's that. And um, yeah, we'll see you then. Um, Be excellent to one another, and stay tuned on whether or not we like The Wire and whether or not you should watch it. I don't know. Bye.